Before you eat, do you actually think about where the food comes from? Most people don't because eating is such a mindless task. Most people do not realize they are eating GMOs. On top of that, a majority of people don't know what a GMO really is. My name is Dylan Hardwick, and I'm accompanied by Xavier Gathy, Nick Spain, and Heath Hunter, and today we are going to be talking about GMOs. We will be explaining the history of GMOs, where they are today, and the pros and cons surrounding GMOs. In case you didn't know, GMOs stand for genetically modified organisms. GMOs are living things or beings that have had their genetic code changed in some way. When people think of GMOs, they often just think of plants. However, it is referring to all living things from plants to bacteria. Genetically modified organisms are different from conventional breeding. According to agpurdue.edu, rather than crossing two plants out in the field, they insert a gene or two into individual cells in a lab. Yet, as mentioned earlier, genetically modified technology can also be used on microorganisms. For example, bacteria over time has been genetically modified to produce different types of medicines. One of the common types of medicine that was produced as a result of genetically modified technology is insulin, which you will later find out to be popular under the genetically modified umbrella. Contrary to belief, humans have been messing with genes and foods for, for a long time, even though they gave most of the control to nature. Since agriculture became popular around 12,000 years ago, farmers have constantly pushed to improve their crops, even without genetically modified technology. For example, Medical Daily said a recent study found that sweet potatoes were bred some 8,000 years ago out of the swollen parts of regular potato roots. In other words, they didn't exist until humans tinkered with them. This changes the perspective of lots of people when it comes to finding out when GMOs became and who first discovered it. Of course, most people give credit to Gregor Mendel. Mendel is considered the father of genetics due to his plant hybridization experiments. Hybridization involves breeding between plants or animals of different species. Most people figure Mendel is the first to figure out GMOs because he is well known for his genetic engineering in pea plants. Mendel used pea plants because plants are more likely, more likely to hybridize because pollen of, often disperses onto fl other flower species. He worked with pea plants from 1856 to 1863, and his work was later brought upon in genetic engineering. However, no one will truly be sure of who was first created a GMO. Finally, I will be giving a brief timeline of genetically modified organisms with help from greenamerica.org. First, in 1935, Russian scientist Belozersky isolates pure DNA. Then, in 1973, recombinant DNA and the idea for man-made DNA was created thanks to students, professors, and colleagues from Stanford Medical School. In 1975, after engineered DNA became more relevant, biologists got together with lawyers and doctors to create guidelines for the use of genetically engineered DNA. This was called the Asilomar Conference. Then, in 1980, the first GMO patent was issued. It was decided in a court case between genetics engineer at General Electric and the U.S. Patent Office. It was settled by, by a 5-4 to four Supreme Court ruling, allowing for the first patent on a living organism, which was designed to create genetically modified bacterium to rid spills of crude oil.
Then, in 1982, the FDA approved the first GMO to appear in the market, insulin, which was produced by genetically engineered E. coli bacteria. Finally, in 1994, GMOs hit the grocery stores with the Flavor Saver tomato to give the tomatoes a longer shelf life. Genetically modified organisms are more than just plants. We now know that we have certain medicines made from bacteria that are still on shelves today that are considered GMOs. That makes sense considering they have such a long and detailed history behind them, but we may never truly find the founder of GMOs. However, we do have Gregor Mendel, one of the first recorded, to begin experimenting with DNA in crops and bacteria. Yet, we get a lot of credit to one person. There's such a broad timeline involving so many people that distinguishes different times that added up to make genetically modified organisms. So just maybe, the credit should go to every person that helped bring GMOs to what they are today. Now, I'll hand it over to Xavier Gathy to explain a more recent history and where we are today with GMOs. Hello, my name is Xavier, and this is the next segment of OMG GMOs. And so you guys have already learned a little bit about the history of GMO crops, as well as their impact in the United States. And so in this next segment, we're going to talk about the current state of them, which means that we're going to look at uh, where they're currently at, as well as some of the future technologies that are being developed uh, in the field. And this is important because our current world population and the U.S. population are both continually rising at an exponential rate, which means that we are going to need more and more food to be able to sustain this and be able to feed everyone in the world. So GMO crops are becoming more and more important in this, in this state. And so some of the more important uh, pieces we're going to look at are the current uh, ratios of GMO crops and the amount that they make up within the, the farmer world, inside the U.S. at least. And then we're also going to look at uh, the current state of them being accepted into the public and the steps that are being taken in order to address these public issues, as well as some of the future technologies of GMO crops involving things like stacking of the genes. And so the first part of that is the actual uh, makeup of GMO crops within the U.S. right now. And so the FDA provides a great deal of information about uh, GMO crops and how they've progressed in the U.S. so far. And so uh, there may not be many types of GMO crops that are currently being grown in the U.S., but they do make up a very large proportion of these crops that are being grown. And one of the most important crops inside of all all cultures within the world and it makes up a lot of different pieces of our food, from corn syrup to corn starch. Uh, corn is a huge part of our diet in America. And that, and in 2018, according to the FDA, uh, 92% of corn planted inside the U.S. was GMO corn. And in addition to that, uh, 94% of, of soybeans and cotton were also GMO soybeans and GMO cotton. And then as well for canola, 95% of, G- of canola was GMO can- canola. And 99.9% of sugar beets were GMO sugar beets, according to the FDA. So all of this was to say uh, that a very large proportion of some of the most important crops that we have in the United States are currently being grown as GMO crops. 
and they provide a huge part to the, our current diet and make up a lot of little pieces and ingredients inside of our food. And so the next part of this involves the public perception in the current state of GMO crops. And currently, of course, there's a lot of controversy surrounding GMO crops. And this is mainly due to the the whole ethical prowess of it. And many health and public safety groups question whether it's uh, affecting the food at all, whether it could be possibly tainting the food, as well as if it's ethical or not. And so many studies have been done, uh, including a study done by some Indian researchers uh, in the biotech field, uh, studying the, the public acceptance of it and about how many public groups bring up issue with it, but at the same time, uh, they've been trying to mitigate these issues pertaining to the implementation of effective regulatory measures for the detection of GM crops as the population begins to rise, and they're trying to enact more herbicide tolerance, insect resistance, drought tolerance, and disease resistance in order to increase the reliability and sensitivity detection for these GMO crops. And in addition to this, this is where labeling really comes in uh, as a key factor. A lot of different countries have begun to monitor GMO crops and have specific labeling requirements, such as in China, uh, the European Union, Russia, but uh, other places, including the U.S. or Canada, Hong Kong, South Africa, have voluntary labeling schemes, which means that they don't, they're not required by law to put them on there. Of course, in the U.S., because of all the controversy surrounding it, uh, many uh, food maker, food manufacturers who use GMO corn and other ingredients like that uh, opt to put the label on there for increased transparency. And so some of the future technologies that are being developed, in addition to the ones to try to alleviate public tension, uh, include methods such as stacking, as I mentioned earlier, which involves taking the uh, multiple genes from from certain generations of the crops and moving them to newer generations instead of just a singular gene uh, that's favored that they want to have to increase the effectiveness of the crops they take multiple of them as they transfer to the next generation and this is very important because you're able to uh, greatly increase the efficiency of these gmo crops because you're moving multiple genes at once rather than having to go through multiple generations, going generation by generation as you add more and more uh, of the important traits that you want. And instead, you're taking all, all of them and putting them together and stacking them with each other and being able to put them all in at once. And according to the USDA, this has been growing in adoption as we've gotten closer to 2020. And uh, GMO soybeans is the main uh, thing that they're testing a lot of these the stacking method in and as they start to implement that it's going to only greatly increase the efficiency with which they're growing GMO crops. Hi I'm Nick Spain and today I'll be covering the benefits of GMOs. Um, genetically modified crops have been around for almost 40 years and allow the United States to produce enough food to feed its millions of people each year. Minimizing starvation is a top priority for us as a country, and allowing markets to sell GMO crops is a great way for us to achieve that. Producing fruits and vegetables at a low price helps millions of people by giving them access to the necessary nutrients and vitamins their body needs. According to an article titled Genetically Modified Organisms, Transgenic Crops, and Recombinant 
DNA Technology by Teresa Phillips of Nature Education. She lists the benefits of using GMOs. The piece of information directly representing my discussion was when she said, some benefits of genetic engineering and agriculture are increased crop yields, reduced cost for food or drug production, reduced need for pesticides, enhanced nutrient composition and food quality, resistance to pests and disease, greater food security, and medical benefits to the world's growing population. I will be covering a few of these pros today and explain why each is critical to the process of keeping Americans healthy and well-fed. The three main areas I would like to highlight are GMOs, increasing crop yield, food security, and reducing costs for food production. It has been clearly proven using GMOs has given not only us as Americans, but other countries across the world the ability to enhance food production. Boosting the number of crops grown strengthens the economy and increases the health of millions of people by allowing them to purchase fruits and vegetables at a lower price. While doing research, I came across a reading titled, One of Our Food Systems Helping Hands, GMOs, by Tamika Sims of Food Insight, covering how genetically modified crops help our farm system. While highlighting how crop yields are increased, Sims reports, but in instances where pesticides won't eliminate the presence of a pest, a genetic modification can make a crop resistant to the disease caused by pests. Drought resistance is another trait that can be achieved through genetic modification to help farmers stabilize their crop production. This is one of the many characteristics scientists can use, and it saves thousands of acres of food each year while feeding many people. Another benefit from using genetically modified crops is strengthening food security. The more people we can feed without harming anyone or the planet is the goal, and GMOs play a huge role. After looking through a series of articles, I found a credible one called Are GMOs the Key to Global Food Security? by Lisa Cornish of DevEx. In the study, Cornish goes into depth explaining how food security has been stronger than ever when she says, in their letter, they argue that there has never been any evidence of health issues associated with GMOs and the impact on the environment is less harmful than traditional agriculture. They also noted that GMO has the potential to greatly reduce death and disease from issues such as vitamin A deficiency in developing countries. Today, scientific research continues to find no health risks from GMOs and scientists are being urged to engage on the debate. With no health risks associated to GMOs, there is no reason for us as, as a society to minimize our use. Continuing our research and allowing farmers to use this mechanism will only help avoid extreme hunger and keep civilians healthy. Reducing the cost of food helps millions of people purchase healthy goods each year and improves their well-being by providing necessary nutrients needed. With more people falling under the poverty line and seeing an expansion of the lower class, we must find a way to produce goods and sell them to people at a reasonable price, benefiting the consumer and producer. In an article, Benefits of GMOs by Illinois Corn Growers Association, they explain why we can lower the price of food for consumers. The reason that stood out to me the most was because the, they require fewer pesticides, land, and water. GMOs help keep food production costs down, resulting in lower prices for consumers. GM technology helps reduce the price of crops used for food, such as soybeans, corn, and sugar beets by as much as 15 to 30 percent. An important piece of information for people to know is that corn, soybeans, and sugar are three major ingredients of foods around the world.
if those crop prices are reduced by a respectable margin, we see the price of food go way down. GMOs will continue to help feed millions of extra people annually, and continuing research will allow us to take big steps towards solving world hunger. With global warming impacting our world more than ever, it will soon be extremely critical for us to find a way to solve world hunger and deal with extreme temperatures and minimizing the number of areas where we can grow crops. Hello, my name is Heath Hunter. I will be completing this podcast with my partners Dylan Hardwick, Nick Spain, and Xavier Gathy. Our podcast will be over genetically modified crops and foods. You all have already heard Dylan talk about the history of genetically modified crops, Xavier talk about where it's at today, and Nick's thoughts on the pros or advantages of genetically modified crops. My section will consist of the cons or disadvantages of growing and eating genetically modified crops. I have made the following conclusions on the cons of genetically modified crops based on online research and some prior knowledge on the subject. The three main cons of genetically modified crops are the cause of allergies, cancers, and other environmental risks. The first main health concern to eating genetically modified foods is they have potential to trigger allergic reactions. Many people are concerned that genetically modified foods are causing allergic reactions. This is because modified foods carry new genes that may be foreign to some people and cause allergic reactions. A study from the 1990s showed that adding a protein from Brazil nuts to genetically modified soybeans would trigger allergic reactions to people allergic to Brazilian nuts. After scientists discovered this, they quickly removed Brazilian nuts, removed the Brazilian nut protein. Because of this, any proteins that come from a different food item must be listed as part of the ingredients or growing process. Information from the Center for Disease Control and Prevention shows that over the last 10 years, food allergies in children have increased from 3.4% to 5.1%. However, there is no direct evidence that shows genetically modified foods are the cause of this increase in food-related allergies. There is contradicting research that shows genetically modified foods are no likelier to trigger allergies than non-genetically modified foods. There is still more research to be done to know for sure if genetically modified foods are more likely to cause allergic reactions. The rumors of allergic responses are, however, leading less people to buy genetically modified foods. The next major concern of genetically modified foods is the cause of cancers. Cancers are caused by DNA mutations. Many people fear eating foods with added genes will affect your DNA. There are currently no long-term human studies on if genetically modified foods cause cancer. There's only speculation from scientists who claim genetically modified foods do not cause cancer. There's much more human research needed to know the real risk of cancers in genetically modified foods. The last main concern of genetically modified crops 
are the environmental risks. Most all genetically modified crops are resistant to herbicides. The most commonly used herbicide is Roundup. This leads farmers to using excessive amounts of Roundup in order to kill unwanted weeds. Roundup can be dangerous for the farmer, livestock, and, sur and the surrounding environment. Roundup's main active ingredient is glyphosate, which is supposedly non-toxic and safe for humans and animals. However, it has been shown that glyphosate in large quantities can be toxic if it is applied to the eyes, nose, or mouth of humans or animals. Roundup can also be easily carried by runoff into many streams, rivers, and lakes, which will negatively affect the aquatic life. There is still more research to be done on the use of glyphosate and its effect on humans and animals. To conclude, the three main concerns of genetically modified crops are the cause of allergies, cancers, and environmental hazards. There are currently no conclusive data or studies that link genetically modified crops to causing allergies or cancer. It will take much more long-term human research to prove genetically modified crops are 100% safe for human consumption.